you know, I think it's, it's paramount that fathers, fathers stand on the word of God. It is so important that fathers have the word as their source and as their foundation. And I believe that what God's doing right now is he is allowing us to uh, believe in his word now more than, than any time. Because, you know, as fathers, you know, you can look at the world around you and notice that it can be crazy. And the only antidote, the only solution is God's word. And to be the leader of the home, it's important that we lead with the word of God. To be the leader of the home, it's important that we know where we're going and we know the steps that we're taking and, and that we're standing on God's word. It's what changes our families. It's what really our families truly need. And I believe today that, uh, that we're going to be able to inspect some of the benefits of God's word. And I just believe that God is going to begin to change the way that we think about his word. Do you believe that? Hebrews 4.12 says this, For the word of God is alive and active. Alive and active. Circle that. Alive and active. Sharper than a double-edged sword, it penetrates even to the dividing soul and spirit, joints and marrow. It judges the thoughts and the attitudes of the heart. The title of my message today is God's word is alive and active. God's word is alive and active. The Bible says that God's word is sharp. Look at your neighbor and say, you're looking sharp. God's word is sharp. Remember when you were carrying something when you were little that was sharp? What would your mom say? Don't run with that. Point it away from you. Why? Because we honor things that are sharp. And when it comes to God's word, we don't take it flippant. If Jesus stood up before us right now and spoke his word, we would be standing out of attention. How many of you know that that's how we should behave when it, when it, when it comes to the word of God? It's sharp. We have to honor that, that it's sharp. The Bible says that it penetrates. It penetrates. Do you believe that the word of God can penetrate through your situation? Do you believe that the word of God can penetrate through your, your, even your deepest subconscious thought. You know, a lot of times we don't realize what's nagging us, but it's a thought that's really deep in there. The word of God can penetrate that thought. The word of God can penetrate your emotions. The word of God can penetrate through any situation if you have faith in the word of God. The Bible says that the word of God divides it divides. How many of you know that you need some, some things divided from your life? You know, there is a separation, a darkness from light. It cannot mix. And the word of God divides. It separates us from those things that harm us. The word of God brings light and it causes us to really know the path to take. The Bible says that in Psalms 119, your word is a lamp unto my feet and a light into my path. How many of you know there's many paths? Men, there's many paths, am I right? There's many paths to take, but the only way that we know what path to take is by knowing the word of God. And so when we know the word of God, God speaks to us, and we know the path 
to take. The Bible says he is a lamp into my feet. Not only do we know the direction or path, but we know the steps to take as well. Do you believe that? And so the Bible says that the word is a lamp into my feet, a light into my path. Now, I want us to evaluate the activity of Jesus in Matthew 8. The activity of Jesus in Matthew 8, because it will really begin to show us how the word is activated in our life. And so in Matthew 8, you know, I believe that, uh, you know, the thing that I love about Matthew 8, it's, a, it's one miracle after another. It's one thing after another that Jesus is doing. You know, 8 is uh, it's a number for resurrection. 8 is a number for new life. And we're going to evaluate chapter 8 of Matthew. You know, Matthew was Jesus' disciple. He was a tax collector. And, uh, and he followed after Jesus, after seeing the activation of the word, after seeing God bring miracle to miracle to come to pass, he began to follow after Jesus. And we're going to read verse 1 through 4, and this is the first recording in Matthew 8 of Jesus' miracle. And I believe that this portion of Scripture is going to begin to enlighten us and see God in another way and see his word in another way. Do you believe that? His word is important. Matthew 8, 1 through 4, it says this, Large crowds followed Jesus as he came down the mountainside. Suddenly, a man with leprosy approached him and knelt before him. Lord, the man said, if you're willing, you can heal me and make me clean. Jesus reached out and touched him. I am willing. I am willing. Come on, highlight that. I am willing, he said. Be healed. And instantly the leprosy disappeared. Then Jesus said to him, don't tell anyone about this. Instead, go to the priest and let him examine you. Take along the offering required in the law of Moses for those who have been healed of leprosy. This will be the public testimony that you have been cleansed. Now, if we can uh, really view what it was back then to have leprosy. We all know that leprosy, your body's falling apart and you're extremely contagious and you're full of sores and it is a horrible uh, disease. When you have leprosy, they have to quarantine you. You are rejected from society. You can't even come into the city gates. You have a certain place that you have to go and you and as a priest, it was uh, ceremonially unclean to even touch something that a leper touched. And so in that day, you have to imagine that not only were they suffering, but everybody in the community believed that the reason that he had leprosy or the people had leprosy was the sins that they committed. How many of you know that's horrible? You're like, I've got this. It's because I've sinned. People know that I've sinned. And so they were actually an outcast in society. And, and this leper comes to Jesus and he says, can I be healed? See, leprosy in the Bible is always, uh, it always signifies sin in our life. Leprosy, it symbolizes sin in our life. How many of you know that sin causes our soul to fall apart? Sin is infectious and it will cause a, a corrosion in our heart. But how many of you know that Jesus came to eliminate sin from our life? And a lot of people think, you know, 
well, I'm dealing with something, but I just need uh, behavioral modification. I just need to modify my behavior and do a couple of steps of this and that. But God does not want you to have behavioral modification. He wants you to have a heart transformation. God wants your hearts to be transformed. It's not about just trying to do right, and maybe I'll get it this time. It's about going to God and allowing his word to penetrate your heart, separate things that don't belong, and begin to cause you to be healed. How many of you believe in the word of God? Now, this is the question that I have for you today. Is the word of God alive and active in your life? Is the word of God alive and active in your life? See, religion believes in the word of God, but you don't see any activity in religion. You see uh, a form of activity, but no real power. How many of you know that God's word is the same today, yesterday, and tomorrow? And this is what I want to evaluate. When we see Jesus doing miracles, we got to know that that's what the word of God does. Why? Because John 1 says that Jesus is the word. Jesus came in flesh. His flesh wrapped the word of God and we have Jesus. Jesus is the word. And we have to know that the same miracles that he performed then, the same way that he was alive, that he activated things then, God is able to do today. Do you believe that? God is able to do today. He is able to be alive and active. So when we see the works of God, when we see the works of Jesus, we can see the works of his word. When we see the way that Jesus worked, we can see the works of his word. If you were to, to, find, if you were to divine, uh, define what the Bible was in five letters, it would be J-E-S-U-S. Am I right? How do you define the word of God? It is Jesus. The same way that he came with power 2,000 years ago, God is able to activate in your life if you believe in the word of God. Do you believe in the word of God? I believe that God is going to begin to work in our life because we find value in the word and we, we, uh, we live by the word of God. We're not just hearers of the word, but we're doers of the word. See, when you hear the word and do the word, that's when miracles happen. Am I right about it? And I think it's very, uh, I think it's very important to evaluate this leper because he reminds me of a lot of Christians. He says, God, if you are willing, heal me. See, it's not a matter of fact. He knew that God was able. He knew that God was able. A lot of you, you believe that God is able. A lot of you, you believe God is able to do anything. You believe it. You see it in his word. You declare it. God is able to do anything. But a lot of us have this gnawing question in the back of our head, is God willing to do it for me? Is God able to do it for me? Will he do it for me? What is the will of God? What is the will of God for my life? If you're taking notes, I want you to write this down. If you're not taking notes, write this down. There's a special, uh, a bigger mansion in heaven for those that take notes. <laughs> the will of God is hidden in the word of God. 
The will of God is hidden in the word of God. You will not know the will of God until you are consumed with the word of God. You will not know the will of God for your life unless you're consumed with the word of God. You will not know the will of God for your life unless you're consumed with the word of God. And I believe that God is calling us to be consumed with his word so that we know his will. Let me ask you a question. Let me ask you a question. What, how would you define the word good? How would you define the word good? For example, I would say that's a good car. A good car means it's a reliable car. I say that is a good meal. That means it's good, it's delicious, it's desirable. That is a good date. That was hot. You know what I mean? What does good mean? A good father is loving. Good father is loving. Good mother is caring. Good is a very wide spectrum of things and definitions. And I want us to get this deep down in our heart today and know it. Here's the secret about God's will. Here's the secret about God's will. God is good. You say, what is the will of God? What is the will of God for my life? Know this. God is good, and he's in a good mood. He's in a good mood about you. God is good. You know, we say it all the time, God is good all the time, you know what I mean? But it's really not, uh, that's like just a cliche. We have to really, a lot of us deep down, we don't really know how good God is. God is good, and he's a good father, and he wants to bless us. His will is good for our life. Do you believe that? Ephesians 2.10 says, For we are God's masterpiece. He has created us anew in Christ Jesus so we can do good things he planned for us long ago. What does God have planned for you? What does God have planned for you? Good things. What does God have planned for you? Good things. Do you really believe it? I believe if you believe that we would live a little, little different. If we believe that God had good things planned for us, we are predestined for good things, then we might expect some good things to come. And a lot of times we get in the lull of, of just accepting our circumstances and accepting our feelings and accepting our thoughts and it gives us, gets us off the path of God and off where we are supposed to be stepping and we just live this life and we say these cliche things like, God is good. But we don't really believe it sometimes. We think, will God do it for me? I know you're able, God, but are you willing what is your will? I know you're able, but are you willing? I know you could do it. I've heard testimonies. I've seen you. But are you able to do it for me? That's the question. That's the question. And, and this, is, this is what we need to know. This is what David said, Psalms 34, 8. Oh, taste and see that the Lord is good. Taste and see that the Lord, of, Lord is good. See, you can't taste anything until you put it in your mouth and chew it. You can't put anything in your mouth and chew it until you see that thing to put in your mouth and chew it. And God wants you to begin to visualize and chew on the goodness of God because it produces a miracle in your life. See, a lot of us, we live in the old-time religion where, well, you know, God is just sovereign. He's going to do what he wants, and, you know, he'll work everything out for our good. But the truth is that God is good, and your faith knowing that is good will activate power in your life. 
that he's a good father. He's better than any earthly father, and we have to know that he's the good shepherd. He's good. I love what David said, Psalms 23, 6. Surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life. See, David had a correct perception of God, and God was good to the point that he was confident that good things are coming. Surely, surely goodness and mercy is going to follow me. Well, you know, you got to be ready for the storm. Be ready for the storm. Be ready for the storm, but know that good is coming. Good is coming. Look at your neighbor and say, good is coming. Taste and see that the Lord is good. He said, surely, I'm convinced. Let me ask you, are you convinced that goodness and mercy is following you all the days of your life? You're convinced of that when you have a correct picture of God that he is good and that he loves you. And that he wants the best for you. He has a great plan for you, a great destiny for you. The reason why we don't step into it and we live that way confidently is because we're not chewing and visualizing on the word of God. Because the enemy is working overtime to bring thoughts and suggestions and circumstances to cause us to think that God is not good, but he is good. And when you begin to stand on the word of God and have a correct perception of God... God's word begins to get activated in your life and you begin to step into the blessing. I don't know about you, but I want to be blessed. And I'm not going to be blessed unless I am knowing who God is and I'm knowing the will that he has for me. You're going to get what you believe. And I'm faced with that every single day. God, do I really believe this? I got to get in the word of God. I got to hear his voice because right now I'm not feeling it. Right now I'm not seeing it. Sometimes we think that and we're like, oh, let's just go fishing. Hopefully it will pan out. No, no, no. Men, we need the word of God in our hearts. We need to know what God's word says and we need to have faith in it. We have to have faith in the word of God. Is he willing? Yes. But are you willing to find out who he is? Are you willing to get in the word of God? Because David said, surely goodness and mercy will follow me all the days. Not next year. I have faith next year God's going to move. I got faith next week God's going to do it. No, all the days of my life. Goodness and mercy will be following you when you understand that God is good and his will is good for you. Does he want to heal you? Yes. Does he want to set you free? Yes. But you got to begin to believe that God is good. He's good and his mercy and goodness will follow after you. Come on, when you begin to believe it. When you begin to believe it, you begin to react to it. And when you begin to react to it, God begins to move. When you begin to believe it, that something is following you that is good, then you're going to begin to react differently. You ever seen that movie, What About Bob? Hilarious, hilarious movie. It's about a doctor. He's, uh, you know, he's a um, psychiatrist and, and he's, giving, um, he's giving these, uh, you know, he does what a doctor does, and they have this crazy client that his name, his name is Bob. And Bob decides to follow 
the doctor, everywhere he goes, he can't get a break. When he is in the kitchen, he shows up. When he's trying to spend time with his family, he shows up. When he's trying to have a date, he shows up. When he's trying to have vacation, he shows up. Bob is everywhere and is driving the doctor crazy. How many of you know that's a church member from hell? <laughs> right there. That's a church member from hell. They just, they, they, you know, can I talk about that for a second? <laughs> Those people that just show up unannounced, you know what I'm saying? God bless them. I want you over, but call. <laughs> you know what I mean? Uh, I'm still on my honeymoon. 12 years I'm on my honeymoon. Call before you come over. Some of you are jealous. It's all right. You got to call. I'm just going to start opening the door naked so people get the point. I'm going to open the door and be like, what's up? That will get, that will get the memo out. Don't go. Unless you call. <laughs> it's always the people that want to, like, uh, tell you what you need to do differently in the ministry. Those are the people that always show up. Don't come up. Just email me. Just email me. Email me at paulpericone at gmail.com. Paul <laughs> This doctor lived in a state of anxiety because he thought Bob was going to show up at any moment. Bob is going to come around the corner at any moment and his blood pressure is through the roof and he is acting a certain way because he's expecting a certain thing because Bob's coming. He's crazy. He's coming. And how many of you know that we need, we need that kind of expectation when it comes to the word of God? That God, it's coming. His goodness is coming. It's about to take over me. And that faith is what moves the hand of God. I want God to move. That means I need to expect good things. If you have a three or four-year-old, you realize that they want to be on your ankles at all times. I love it. I love it. But I was playing with Honor the other day, and I was playing some kind of make-believe something, and I was like, hey, I got to go use the bathroom. She was like, no. I was like, yeah, I got to go use the bathroom. She was like, no. She climbed on me. She didn't want me to use the bathroom. I had to run away. She followed me all the way to the bathroom until I shut the door and locked it really quick. <laughs> if you have little ones, you, you'll know they'll follow you. Surely goodness and mercy will follow me. They will follow me. It will make me run. It will make me react different. And I believe that we need that in our heart today, that if you believe it, you'll get it. If you believe it every single day, goodness is following me. Goodness is following me. Every day, something's going to happen today. Mercy's following me. Every day, you wake up, goodness is following me. God is good. And goodness, it's surely goodness. Surely, goodness. What's his will? His will is to bless you. His will is to bless you. His will is goodness for your life. Do you believe that? The Bible says that he, we are redeemed from the curse of the law. Why? So that we can have the blessing of Abraham. Abraham's life looks pretty good. The blessing of Abraham. The overflow, the blessing. What is God's will for your life? It's to be healed. It's to be delivered. It's to have a great family. It's to have a great husband. It's to have a great spouse. It is, a, it is his will for your life. You say, well, you know, I really don't want to follow God because he might ask me something that I do not want to do. Let me give you a secret that he gives you the desires of your heart. 
As you delight in him, he puts desires in your heart and he places you in the perfect path and will of God. But we got to get in his word. This message is meaningless unless we live, leave out of here and begin to get in his word and say, God, I got to get to know you. I got to begin to see you because the way that you see God will begin to translate by the way that you live. And the only way that you're going to see God in a good view is not because you had a revelation a year ago. It is every single day viewing God. This is what gets us on the right path and the right steps. Amen. Jesus went down to the, the leper and he touched him and he cleansed him. We have to know that the word of God cleanses us and gives us a fresh start. The word of God cleanses us. A lot of times in this life, we can pick up some dirt. And the word of God washes over us, it cleanses our spirit, and it begins to cause us to come alive and have a new start. Some of us are in the old way too much, the old way of doing things, the old wineskin, the old thoughts. God said, listen, you got to get some new wine. You got to get some newness in your life. And God is not scared of your mess. He was not scared to touch the leper. Nobody else would touch the leper. He went straight to the leper. He touched the leper. Why? Because his grace is more powerful than that disease. His grace is more powerful than that addiction. His grace is more powerful than that immorality. His grace is more powerful than that anger. His grace is more powerful than that negative bank account. His grace is more powerful. And so he goes to the leper and he touches the leper. And the Bible says that the leper became healed instantly. He became healed instantly. See, God's not scared of your mess, but when you mess up, you want to run away from God. Don't run away from God. Run to God. Run to his word because his word will cleanse you. About a month ago, I brought my kids to the gas station because they would rather go to a gas station to get food than a restaurant. I don't know why that is. I think it's just the plethora of items that's there. But they, they would rather go to the gas station than really uh, sit down and eat a meal. So they were begging me to go to the gas station. I went to the gas station. I, I picked up some food. And Allie loves these things called hot Cheetos. Have you ever tasted these? These things are hot. She can't get a small bag. She's got to get a big bag. And I told her. Allie, listen, this is the deal. Don't eat these hot Cheetos, all of them. Have a few of them because it might hurt your stomach. Yeah, Dad, yeah, Dad. Dad doesn't know anything. So I, the day goes on. I look in the pantry, and she has the Cheeto bag there. I open the Cheeto bag. There's like two left. It's a big bag. And I'm like, all right, well, you know, whatever. And so later on that night, later on that night, I hear this scream and this moan upstairs. I go upstairs, and there is red Cheeto liquid all over the ground. And I don't know how, I don't know, I don't know the smell of Cheetos going in, but the smell of Cheetos coming out is of the devil. It's from hell itself. It is disgusting. It makes you ever, you ever had somebody else throw up, made you want to throw up? I mean, now, 
She was like all disoriented. She felt sick. Now, did I say, Allie, I told you not to eat those Cheetos. Get in your room, you wicked, lazy servant. Get in your room. I can't believe you throwing up all over the floor. No. I took her with Cheeto liquid everywhere. Getting Cheeto liquid with me. It looked like a bloodbath in there. It looked like a horror film. Cheeto liquid everywhere. Placed her on our clean sheets. Wiped her off. Cleansed her off. Went and cleaned up her mess. Why? Because I'm more worried and concerned about my baby than what she did wrong to get her in the place that she was at. And maybe you got yourself in a mess. Maybe you say, you know what, it's my fault. But God says, listen, quit trying to do it on your own. Come to me. Because I'm not scared of your mess. I love you. I'm going to touch that leprosy. I'm going to touch that mess in your life. And if you allow God to touch you, then he will cleanse you and he'll make you new. He is, yeah, give God a hand if you want to. He is in the redeeming business. I, I love this verse, 1 John 1, 9. But if we confess our sins, say confess. He is faithful and just to forgive us of our sins and to cleanse us from all wickedness. Write this down. Your confession causes cleansing. Your confession causes cleansing. See, it's not just confessing your sin. It's also confessing the word. The Bible says if you confess with your mouth, believe in your heart that Jesus Christ is Lord, you'll be saved. So it is confessing what God says that brings cleansing. See, the problem with guys is we don't like to talk. We don't like to talk. We don't like to say things. But God says, listen, if you want to be clean, if you want to be new, if you want to live in newness of life, you're going to have to begin to confess some things. And when you confess... When you confess and you confess the word over your life, it is like God pouring water over you and making you clean. The Bible says that his word is like rushing waters. You ever heard a waterfall, how it's rushing? See, his word is like getting under a waterfall and making you new. Come on, how many of you want to get under his waterfall and make you new? You got to get in the word of God and you got to say, God, I turn away. I turn away from this stuff, and I begin to take you in. God, change me. God, change me. I love that, that David said, after he recognized his goodness, what did he say? What did he say? He said, my cup overflows. My cup overflows. See, a lot of us, this bottle of water right here, if I ask many of you, is this water bottle full? You'll say, yeah, it's full. But this is not the kind of fullness that God wants. See, this is filled up, but it's not full. Does anybody else have some water in here? Is there water around anywhere? Right here, Mark, bring that water, man. Bring that water. Now, pour that water in there. Just pour it in. Pour it in. What, what happened? It overflowed. This is what it is to be full. This is, God's word doesn't need to be some in our life. Pour more. God wants us to look like this. And that's what happens when you are full of the word of God. It's overflow. You know, if you did that long enough with a big enough picture, 
all the impurities of this water will begin to come out and you would have a fresh, clean glass. God wants you to overflow with his goodness. Yeah, give God a hand. Thank you. God wants you to overflow with his goodness. How does it come? My cup overflows. How does it come? It comes by you confessing the word of God. If Jesus had to confess his own word, if I was Jesus, I would, be, I would think I would be innovative and make something else new, right? Devil comes and tempts me, I'm going to come up with a new slogan. You know what I mean? But Jesus confessed his word to bring victory in his life. Let me ask you, when's the last time you confessed his word? It's one thing to confess your sins. That is good, but it's another thing to confess his word. Confessing your sins will make you clean, but confessing his word will make you overflow. You can say your own words. You can say your own prayers. When's the last time you read the word of God and in faith and power begin to declare God's word? Surely goodness and mercy will follow me all the days of my life. You begin to declare what God says. Your mercy is good and everlasting. It goes to generation to generation. My children are taught by the Lord. You are building my foundations with precious stones. When is the last time you begin to look in his word and begin to declare his word with faith? He is a good shepherd. He lays me down in good pastures. He leads me beside still waters. He restores my soul. Come on, when you begin to confess his word, he begins to overflow in your life. How many of you know there's power in the word of God? I want to stir you up today because your blessing is on the other side of your confessing. I want to stir you up today because your blessing is getting fed up and saying, I'm going to begin to declare God's word. Now I'm going to not, I'm going to whine and complain to God. God says, no, I want you to read the word of God, confess the word of God and expect goodness and mercy to come because I'm good. My word's good, and if you confess it, you'll begin to overflow. Now, I'm going to end with this right here. He said, I want you to bring the offering to Moses. Now, the offering for getting cleansed of leprosy was two birds. It was two birds. You would bring the two birds to the priest. You would kill one, and one would fly away. See, God's word brings a picture of freedom in your life. You need a new picture of your life. You need to see your future different. You need to see yourself different right now. See, God is a God of pictures. Even in the Hebrew, every alphabet is a certain, every letter of the alphabet is a certain picture. Our God is a a God that likes to use Pictures and, and I believe that he calls this leopard not to just fulfill the, the law because if that were the case, he would have to do that with everybody. But this one particularly, he said, I want you to get a picture of what I did for you. And I believe as he began to give these birds and one had to be slain and one flew away, he began to realize that one is paying the price so that I can have freedom. God wants you to have freedom, not because of what you do, but because of what he's done. God wants you to have freedom. Christians are the worst. Christians are the worst. They feel the most guilty. They feel the most shame. They feel the most, you know, the people in the world are like, who cares? 
you guys, some of you are like always beating yourself up. How many of you know that's not freedom? Fathers need to be in freedom. The reason why we shut up and shut in and don't open up and don't really deal with things is because we have a skewed picture of freedom. See, you think being free of God is doing a bunch of rules. No, you being free of God is being yourself, feeling free of sin, knowing your purpose and your destiny. It comes with the word of God. God wants to give you a picture of freedom in your life. Come on, what do you picture your future to be? How do you picture yourself? I love the scripture in 2 Corinthians 5. Let's put that on the screen. For he made him who knew no sin to be sin for us that we might become the righteousness of God. Look, look at your neighbor and say, you are in right standing. You know what a scripture that pastors don't preach a lot because they're scared people will take this and just, you know, run with it and, and not really think about, uh, you know, their life and they're just going to start living however they want to live. If you look in the book of Hebrews... Chapter 10, um, we're closing right now, but I want us to get this picture, Hebrews chapter 10. Do you want to read it? Can we read it? Let's read this this morning. I want us to get this in our heart. But the, our high priest offered himself to God as a single sacrifice for sins, good for all time, good for all time. When Jesus shed his blood, it was good for all time. Your present, your future, your past sins is forgiven for all time. Listen to what he says. Then he sat down in the place of honor at the right hand. There he wants his enemies to be humbled and made a footstool under his feet. For by that one offering he forever, say forever, made perfect those who are being holy. What is he saying? When you give your life to God, I've forgiven you. You're already forgiven. You're already forgiven. How many of you know there is no condemnation in those that love God? Let me ask you, should we be convicted of sin? We read that scripture, convicted of sin, righteousness, and judgment. The Bible says convicted of sin for the world, but convicted of righteousness for those that are saved. You know what convicts you? You get a correct picture of who God is. You know what changes you? Not beating yourself up. That's not going to change you. You know what changes you? A correct picture of God, who God is. Well, you know, you really need to feel bad so you'll repent. Well, you can do that. But I can tell you what true repentance comes from. It comes from the goodness of God. That's what the Bible says. The Bible says that we are led into repentance because of the goodness of God. And today, I want you on Father's Day to get a perspective of God that he's not mad at you. He doesn't like the sin, but he loves you. He has a word for you. He wants you to have a picture of who he is. He wants you to have a picture of who you are. Do you, do you see yourself in freedom? Do you see yourself living a life of freedom? A lot of us, we take on an identity because of our fathers, our earthly fathers, and that's good. You might have had the best father in the world, but the best father in the world will not give you the full correct identity that God will give you. 
And some of you, you feel insecure or bad about yourself and deal with things because of the things that your fathers have done to you. And I'm telling you today, if you get a right view of your father on Father's Day, he's going to bring freedom from your life. He's going to pour his word over you. You're going to begin to overflow. You're going to know that your father is good, that he is the ruler of the universe, that there's nothing you cannot do. The word out of your mouth is going to penetrate. It's going to separate. It's going to begin to bring light in the situations and you're going to begin to see God as someone that is good. Surely goodness and mercy will follow me. No, God is so good. That's what makes us want to live right. See, you're frustrated with your sin, but I can tell you it's kind of good news for you because before you used to sin and you didn't even think about it. Now you do it and it drives you crazy. Why? Because God's saying, that's not you. That's not you. See, you got frustrated, but God's just working in you. The little fact in there that like, ah, see, before you didn't even care. When I sinned back in the day, I didn't care. I didn't care. I'm not feeling any remorse. For what? But see, there's something in you now that says, that's not you. That's not you. He's so good. He shed his blood so that you can be in right standing and in righteousness. And you got to know that God's got a better path. He's got better steps for you. And so I want you, not because you ate the Cheetos to get punished. The punishment already came from the cross. I want you to see how much I love you. And because you have learned, you're going to begin to see that he is good. And I begin to be good like my father. And I begin to have the identity of my father. And he washes the stain away, the stains of generations, the stains of the past, the stains of addiction. He washes it away, not because of what you did but because he's so good and today I want you to get a new perspective of your father on Father's Day and I want you to feel free like that bird that just flew away in freedom not always looking at yourself frustrated no you're made perfect come on stand up with me on Father's Day Today, if you say, you know what, I need a new perspective with God. I want to throw some things down. I want to begin to confess the word. I want a picture of freedom for my life. I want you to just lift your hands right where you are on Father's Day. You're going to get a new perspective of your father. Come on, today, you're going to begin to be overwhelmed about how good God is. It's going to put you on the right track. It's going to open the right doors. It's going to begin to do the right things because you're getting a perspective right now. I want you to see your father right now looking at you amongst all the mess ups, amongst all the bad decisions, looking at you with eyes of love and saying, daughter, son, I love you. Come to me. I'm good. I'm going to clean you up. Begin to say what I say. Come on, just Just begin to get rid right now. If there's things in your life, I want you with your mouth. If you confess your sins, the Bible says that he'll begin to wash you and cleanse you. Come on. You you are perfect with God right now, but your soul needs to be cleansed. There's some baggage that you're taking. Have you been seeing the right thing? Have you been looking at the right thing? Have you been doing the wrong thing? Listen, let God and his goodness convict you right now. He paid for you to be free. Not to live in bondage. Come on, right now, with your mouth, underneath your breath, I want you to say, God, I repent. God, I turn. And I want you to begin to declare the word over your life right now. Say this with me. 
Say this with me. Say, by the blood of Jesus. Come on, like you mean it. By the blood of Jesus, I am redeemed from the power of the enemy. By the blood of Jesus, I am free from all sin. By the blood of Jesus, I am cleansed and made new. Come on, with your mouth. By the blood of Jesus, I am justified and made right. By the blood of Jesus, I am made sanctified. Come on, if you believe it, lift your hands. God's going to give you a picture of freedom. He's bringing freedom over you. He's going to begin to pour his word over you like a waterfall. You're going to feel those impurities come out of you, and you're going to begin to live in the overflow where he's alive and active. This week, God's going to be alive and active in your life every single day because you're expecting it because you have a good God. Come on, if you believe it, can you give God some praise today? If you believe it, that goodness is following you, come on, give God some praise on Father's Day today. You're a good God, Lord. We worship you and we honor you, Lord. Well, God bless you. Give your neighbor a hug.